0: Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Knowledge Quest. My name is Slay Thackeray, and I am your host. On this season of Knowledge Quest, we are facing our fears. And today, we are specifically facing our fears of personal finance. I sit down with an old friend of mine named Tyler Coles, a financial analyst from the Salt Lake City area, and we look at the philosophies and perceptions that might prevent us from being financially successful. So say a few ohms, go for a walk, do what you need to do, but let's get into this. Welcome, Tyler Coles. I am so excited to have you on the show today. We are going to play one of my favorite games called Two Truths and a Lie. So where do you want to start?
1: Well, first of all, Slade, thanks for having me on the show. It's a privilege to be here. And um, I was excited. You know, I was I was actually, we were just talking before, as, as you mentioned, and I was saying that I might work in finance, but the things that I have Adopted in my life to try to overcome, um, and overcome should say overcoming fear of uh, finances and and working towards financial freedom. Those are things that I've been trying to work on long before my financial career ever started. So I I think it's important to emphasize that <clears throat> I may work in a professional capacity in the financial world, but. The things that I know and apply to my personal finances are things that I've been practicing long before that, that anybody can do, anybody can apply to their life. And I, I love the title of your show, Facing Our Fears or Overcoming Our Fears, because it's it's to me, it's such a process. You might remember when you first asked me to do this, um, my first question to you was, what if I haven't overcome my fear of finances? And and that's true, I, I haven't overcome it. And I, I think that's okay. I think overcoming um, and facing is, is a process and something that we go through. And, and I don't anticipate a moment in my life around finances or any number of other fears that I have uh, where that will just disappear. I think um, there's always progress to be made and, and it's great to celebrate the progress in that. So anyway, that's all to say, I'm excited to be on the show and, yeah. and, um, and happy to talk about any of that stuff. So
0: I, we're going to like, this is going to unfold, but I just want to like, say something back that just really hit me. Cause we, I know we've already said this before, but for, for all of our, for all of you listening right now. So Tyler just said like, what if I haven't overcome my fear, right? That's not an excuse for not doing something. Like, it's like, whoa, mind blown. Let's pause the show while Slade takes a moment. <laughs> <laughs> ponders on his life, right? Like having a fear of something is not the reason to to like to wait. Yeah, that, I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit
1: with that for a moment. Okay, where where do you want to start? Um, let's let's just start with the truth. I like the truth; it's great. Uh, we'll start with the truth, and we'll head into the lies. And the lies is kind of a, a cheating, partial truth that I'll get into. <laughs> so it's really violating the rules of your game, but. Um, but to start, so, so truth one is, and I'm going to go really philosophical to start, Please. really yeah. abstract. Um, you can't plan for everything, but you can prepare for anything. Oh, okay. You can't plan for everything, but you can prepare for anything. And this is something that's taken me a long time to figure out. And even still, I am trying to figure out, but. Maybe I'll share a story around around this thought. So several years ago, I had this moment, and by moment, I mean kind of this three-day panic uh, where I thought, I am not going to be able to make enough money to get through my life. And that was the statement that came to my mind. Now, it was after, um, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but it was after a reasonably big purchase. I saw a lot of money leave my savings account and... I just looked and I said, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it through the rest of my life. And so I undertook <laughs> this, I'm like, you know, at the time I'm 20 something. And, yeah. um, and, and so I'm like, I'm going to plan and that'll help me. That'll help me feel better about this. And so I undertook this project for over a couple of days. I planned and put together a budget for my life for the entire, for 60 years of my life going forward. And yes. um, basically just said, okay, I tried to plan on everything. I said, I'm probably gonna get married at some point. I'm probably gonna buy a house at some point. Maybe we'll have some kids. They might wanna go to school. They might wanna drive their own cars at some point. So They're not gonna drive mine. And there were all of these things that came to mind and I'm like, okay, well, here's how much all this is gonna cost. And here's what, what this is gonna do to me. And, and here's, and I tried to basically figure out how much do I need to start saving? Right now, every single month, so I can pay for everything in my life.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, that's entirely unreasonable <laughs> um, to ever think about that. But, but that was this panic moment that I had that I'm like, I'm just not going to make it. And so I'm going to plan and I'm going to plan for everything and, and I'll be good. Yeah. And um, I remember I went to my dad at the time and I said, dad, here's my, here's my life budget. I put it together and um, I'm not going to make it. and and, um he uh i've been told several times like you are your father's son and and this like was so this exemplified it so much the next thing he said to me he said well that's ridiculous and i did the exact same thing when i was your age and um and he tore his up a month later because it drove him absolutely insane and i tore mine up that week and just realized life is so unpredictable mm-hmm. there are so many things that we think we want to do that never come to pass so many things we can never dream of doing that do come to pass that we can't possibly plan for everything and so I, it took me a while to kind of get to that point and accept that but um, what i've tried to adopt is that through proper preparation and saving and sacrificing here and there and just having a better overall relationship with money I can prepare for anything that might come down the road. So that's my first truth: you can't plan for everything, but you can prepare for anything. And and it really comes down to um, trying to be smart as early as you can, and um, and and just just setting the, that foundation of, of preparation for things that may come.
0: Maybe you're going to talk about this. <clears throat> Uh, first, so many things, right? So for, for all of our friends out there listening, right, please feel free like to pause, take a moment, write down things if you need to, um, just let it simmer, right? Sometimes we just need to like, let things wash over us and find out how that, if that resonates with us, um, you know, this piece of like, I had this panic moment, um, hashtag three days, three days of darkness, um, (laughs) And One do, many. Uh, and then I made this plan, which added to the darkness, which was so much fun. Um, but this idea, maybe you're going to talk about this a little bit, Tyler. So, having a relationship with money, um, that you know, the first question is, is how. And I think about in my experience. Um, so in life, right, we either we either attack things or we're avoidant. And when it came to money, um, I was avoidant until. I think literally maybe four years ago, <laughs> like, okay, well money magically comes into my account because I have direct deposit and then it magically goes away. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then I deal with the waves of anxiety that come with the come and go. Um, so, you know, it was definitely this avoidant behavior where I would, I would just dread looking at my bank account. It's like, I just no, please don't make me do it or whatever. And I finally just had a, um, I just had a like get a grip Slade moment. And actually Tyler, Tyler knows this, Tyler, you and I, cause I called you about that time. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I gotta be, I have to be in charge of this. I have to have my, I have to have a relationship with, um, with money and I have to be in charge of it. What are, again, maybe you're going to talk about this, but what are like, what are your thoughts on how do we develop that relationship with money? Um, so that for those of us who are maybe like drill down constantly Right, like I'm going to control the money, right, and creating a lot of a lot of anxiety around it. Or for those like me who are like, I'm just, I'm going to turn a blind eye to it. I'm not going to think about it. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think that that phrase, a relationship with money, has been important to me because it just brings a little more emphasis and a little more power to the idea. You know, you hear people who will go on food diets trying to improve their overall health and People will come back to them and say, say, "You know, instead of a diet, you need to just get a better relationship with food, and you need to understand what works for you and and what tastes good and what, you know, what can be a plan for you going forward." And I think that's the same thing with money. I think people can get really motivated and do a few little things, and then quickly burn out um, with with money or with finances or with budgeting. and And so, it's important to try to try to think of it more holistically in, in gaining an actual relationship where you understand how it works for you and you understand what it does for you. You also understand what it doesn't do for you. Um, when it makes you happy and when it doesn't and what it can do to improve your life and when it can't do anything to improve your life. Um, and so I think I think asking yourself some of those questions is is important. Um, how, how do you do that? So um, since we're reasonably close to the holiday season, I get to throw in a pop culture reference uh, to my favorite holiday movie. <laughs> We've all seen Home Alone, right? We've all seen it. Um, if you've seen it, that's always been interesting to me because there's this there's this eight-year-old boy he's left home alone. He's got two burglars <laughs> trying to break into his house. And that's the whole point of the movie. But, but if you really look at it, um, there are fears for this young man scattered throughout this film he's afraid of this movie that he turns on after his family's left he's not supposed to watch this movie it terrifies him um he's he's afraid of uh of being home alone he's a he's afraid of his neighbor next door because of the stories his his siblings told him he's also afraid of his basement um you remember this he goes down there and he's he he sees this big ugly loud furnace and it's dark and he's afraid of all these things well, he's talking to somebody in the movie and he he says, I've always been afraid of my basement. It smells funny. I've got this loud furnace. And then one day I made myself go down there to do some laundry and I found out it's not so bad. I turned the lights on and it's no big deal. Hmm. And so when I think about finance, I, I kind of think about that, that at some point we kind of just have to go down there and turn the lights on and we find out it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, for, for me, that starts with with it started at least for me with budgeting
0: Mm -hmm.
1: creating a simple budget i'm happy to talk about that as much as you want but yeah um, it was the first step for me to say just like you were saying money magically comes in my account and it magically leaves i needed to actually see the magic happening and understand that it really wasn't that magical and that it's something that i could understand and, and and control and have a relationship with and and, um, that was the kind of the first step to getting, helping me get a, get a rein on, yeah. on what was going on. Yeah.
0: I love that connection between this idea of fears. Right. And, um, so many, right. So many people already know this, right. That, you know, we say there's, you know, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Um, but that doesn't stop us from being afraid. <laughs> it <Right. laughs> <That> doesn't <laughs> stop us from, you know, I mean, the other night in our house, uh, so our children, um, get up way too many times for however they, how, how old they are. Um, Yes, they're all under the age of 10, but still like, you're like, shouldn't you be staying in bed? Um, And my wife said to me the other day, why does our house make such creepy noises? Right? Like we don't live in a huge house. um, And most of the time there's a reason for why, whatever that sound makes, but like, right. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, what, what is that? It's that we don't know what it is and, um, and how we as human beings, we kind of animate inanimate uh, objects and experiences, you know, that the furnace might somehow come out and attack us, right. The proverbial right. furnace, right. That money is out to attack us, right. Yeah. Um, that yeah. our finances, um, I think that the thing I want to reemphasize for everybody listening is this idea of sitting and maybe listeners, maybe you're familiar with this concept, right? So we have what's called like metacognit la la la. I can speak really. I can, uh, <laughs> like we have metacognition, which is us thinking about thinking, which is like, whoa. And yes, it's kind of inception like to drop another uh, popular reference. Uh, um, But so the question that I wrote down, right, what does money do for us? And what does it not do for us? Um, I think that depending on where you're at in your life, Um, listeners, right, you might be in a place where you're like, well, money is not doing nothing for me right now because I'm like struggling, you know, and those who might be experiencing where you can pay all your bills and things like that, and you're realizing I'm trying to apply money to, I'm trying to apply money to give me something, and it's not, I'm not getting the return I'm thinking about, right, and just to be really explicit, right, you're realizing I can't use my money to buy me a feeling, right, I can't, I can't buy, I can't use money to buy me X, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Right. So doing, it might feel like Slade, my life is Slade and Tyler, right. As we're talking here for the listener, you might be feeling like I don't have enough in my bank account to think about the money, like, and how it's helping me or not. And wanting to really recognize that might be a truth that you're at right now where money is causing so much anxiety because either there's a lack thereof, or there's so much that you're like, I'm anxious because I just can't find my happiness or I can't find my, you know, my, you know me <laughs> i guess yourself right but um i'm gonna challenge everybody out there listening and saying that either way right whether because i've been in that place where bills have been really hard really hard to pay and until until i started thinking about money differently um because the bills will always be hard to pay Right. And, but until I started to get that relationship with money and like Tyler, I don't think I ever st- asked myself this question, but want to now, right. But kind of that same idea of what did it, what was it doing? What was it not doing until we can start distancing ourselves from the fear of money and put it where it's supposed to be. It's an inanimate object. It's, you know, I always think of money as like a made up thing. Anyways, I feel like we could be tossing around stones for all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, this, you know, my pumice, I'll give you five pumice for that, you know, granted. <laughs> like, um, like, you're going to be that for all that, you know, for all that it matters. But until you can come to that place and however you decide to get there, if you're like, Slade, love you, love the show, but I can't get there until I can pay the bills. That's where you're at. But just know that, you know, as you do it, like, it's going to, I really think that it's going to take you time to think
1: about what you're, how you think about
0: money. So.
1: I, I agree with that. Um there there's research out there. You'll find articles you go on to C N B C or the Wall Street Journal or whatever, and you'll find those those clickbait articles where they they talk to you about money and, and how much you need to be happy. And and there is some research out there that that says, you know, once you can reach a thir- certain threshold, that happiness really isn't affected by the amount of money you continue to make. And in general, that threshold has to do with your basic livelihood and security You can reach a place where you feel like I can pay my bills. I'm safe. I'm secure. I can eat. I have shelter. um, Those types of things. And, you know, maybe a a few things that you just want to be able to do in your life beyond that, the incremental dollar is, is just not affecting your happiness. Um, I, I, I believe that. And I believe those studies and that research, I don't necessarily always agree with the number that they come up with, because I think we're all individuals and I think it's very different for everybody. And, and for some people that is a hundred thousand dollars a year. And for some people it's 500,000 and for some people it's an hourly wage. And it really just depends on you as the individual, but really being honest with those questions about money and really being honest with, um, I guess, your own perception of satisfaction and gratitude. We live in a world where we can reach and grab for everything and we're encouraged to, to always seek the next best thing and to always be improving upon whatever we have. And, and at some point, satisfaction has to take a, a place in our lives. And, and when it does, it makes life so much better, no matter who you are as an individual or where you're at on that financial scale. But those are the questions I think are so important to ask.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had a thought and that left me. Um, so as you listeners, as you're, you know, as you're coming through this and as you're thinking about it, this might sound, this this might sound very philosophical. And this is the, you know, this is the academic in me, which is that we reference, you know, you can find articles, you can find websites. And I, I just wanted to point to something, which is that the, that sometimes we choose to include those in the show. Sometimes I choose to include those very pointed, um, those very pointed references or resources and totally we will do it if you're like hey slade tell me where to find this tell me tell me find that have tyler back on the show so we can talk about like how to's of a budget like we'll totally do that um and my personal philosophy is that it does kind of start with philosophy it has to start with the heart and it has to start with your center and your core as a human being um and that as you do that as you can as you can satisfy that, as you can come to peace with that, then all, I think all things will radiate from that place. And so this is right. This is where we start the conversation and we're not claiming to have all the answers. We're using storytelling as a means to generate thinking and to start challenging you as the listener to think about how you're thinking about things. Mm -hmm. So Tyler, give us
1: truth. Number two. Truth. Number two. Okay. Less philosophical, but still, it's still out there. It's a well-known truth. It's a well-known yeah. statement. And that is that, that time is money. Mm-hmm. Time is money. is truth number two. So as, as I was thinking about this, it and I've known this for a long time, I have a relationship with time in that I am one of the people that there is a ticking clock in my mind at all times. I'm constantly aware of passing time. Um, and that could be in wonderful things where I don't want the time to end, or it could be in horrible conversations where it never seems like time will end. And so that's just my relationship with time. But but the thing with time is that time's involved in all of our decisions. Mm-hmm. We snooze or we stay in bed. That's a question of extra time to sleep or less time to get ready before you have to leave for work. If we watch another TV episode that's more time with the TV as opposed to less time doing something else. And Time is infinite, we know that, but for each of us as individuals, it's very finite. There's only a certain amount of time in the day and certain amount of time at at an event or in a game or or whatever you might be participating. And so each decision we make around that is really crucial. And how we use we know this, how we use our time today will have a direct impact on how how our lives turn out in the future. And money is is the same way. And What we do with our money today um, will have a huge impact on what it looks like in the future, what our lives look like in the future, our security in the future, and getting really down to time's relationship with money. um, Time is what allows money to increase in value. Um, Time allows money to grow. Time allows us to gain that relationship with money that we just talked about. And so truth number two is, is time is money. And in that time is the best friend you have when thinking about money, saving money, using money and, and gaining that relationship with it.
0: Yeah. I, I wrote this down actually backwards from what you said, especially because you was as you were talking about, so you went on to explain like your relationship with time. I also just had to really stifle myself because um, uh, so quick, a quick little tangent, which you know, listeners, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you're like, "Well, slide tangents with you could go on for a while." Um, so Tyler and I, we met when we were younger men, and uh, we were uh, both in Virginia, and we were serving missions um, at the same time for uh, a tr- for the church that we go to. And um, anyways, and then we've reconnected uh, over the years, and I was just laughing because. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tyler, you and I really, we connected, uh, even though we didn't get to spend a lot of time over the mission, we really connected on the mission. And then just laughing about this, how you see time, because I had to stop wearing a watch because I'm constantly like, this is taking time. (laughs) (laughs) I am the person in in meetings. I am the, I'm the teacher who's like, we will not go over time. Or like, if we do start going over time, I'm stressing about it the entire time I'm going over time. And um, so I just was having a really good laugh about that because I am, we're, uh, Tyler and I are both anxious Andes over here. So if anybody's feeling that, just join us on the anxious Andy train or however you want to say it. So, but you were talking about, so you gave this really, you painted this really great picture of what time is and thinking about what if we thought of our money as um, not so much a resource as in like, oh, I can buy things with it, but so much as like, there's a finite amount of it, right? Like, so, okay, I have 10 minutes right now. And just for the sake of math, right? Equate that to $10, right? So, I have $10 mm-hmm. right now. What am I going to do with that, right? So, 10 minutes, you know, for me, like, okay, I've got 10 minutes between this appointment and this student. Okay, I could do that. I could go for a 10 minute walk, or I could sit and watch a 10 minute YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have to talk about how often the walk. <laughs> happens. Um, But right, like, okay, and that's not to hopefully, right, for the listener, it's, this is how, why we have to think about how we think about money, because, um, and we think about finances, because, like, okay, I've got this $10. If you're like, I'm going to go get that $10 ice cream treat, instead of putting $10 into a savings account, or, you know, $10 to do something else, right, that we understand our relationship with that resource, and we're the master of it instead of it being the other way around. So when I, what I wrote down here, Tyler, was money, right? We do say time is money, but I was thinking of money as in um, like money equal, money is equated to time, right? Like we can see them in the same sense of, mm-hmm. of how it's spent. Yeah. Um, and there's not many things that actually parallel like that very often, you know, yeah. where it's like you could see time as in the minutes you spend the same way that you spend your money. Yeah. yeah. So for me, that's how that reflected off of me.
1: I I love that. I think that's, I think that's great. I mean, it fits perfectly. If, if, if you have 10 minutes and use it one way or another, you're not going to get that 10 minutes back. And you, I mean, whatever you get out of how you chose to use that 10 minutes, that's, that's what you get. And with money, it's the same way. If you have $10 and you go spend that on ice cream, then that's your level of satisfaction. Whatever satisfaction you got out of that ice cream, it's over with that $10. And if that's what your priority is, that's great. Um, If your priority is more centered around maybe long-term security, or um, if your priority is just around other things that can help you feel more, like you have more of a foundation or feel more peaceful about your life, That ten dollars maybe split up a little bit. Maybe not all of it goes to savings, but maybe a little bit does. Or maybe you um, don't spend it on ice cream, or you spend it on something that might last a little bit longer than that melting dairy. Um, So anyway, I I think that's great, and it's a great way to think about uh, how you use that today impacts Mm -hmm. down the road. Um, And and we can talk about how you know how really how time affects your money. there's all sorts of principles out there about how you can think about um, how do you divide up the money you make into what you should save and what you should use for your, your core needs and what you should use to have fun, just to maintain, maintain your sanity and, and have a good life. We can talk about, there's so many principles out there that can be catered to every person individually. Um, we can talk about, about saving and how time affects that. But, but yeah, it, it's important just to have, just to realize that whenever you um, spend money, Whenever you have money, the choices you make around money is a trade-off and, and understanding that, that it's a trade-off between having something now or having something later um, should be a big driver in your decisions.
0: Okay, listeners, we are going to take just a little bit of a break so that we can all breathe and um, and just for you to simmer for a little bit. Um, this is a reminder to all of you, if you know someone who is a musician, um, or is uh, maybe like a poet or something like that, who's looking for airtime, who is looking for an opportunity to just get out in front of people. Um, I'm still growing my audience, but hey, it's some place to start, right? And we all, we all start somewhere and we all, and my effort is here to help you. So if you know somebody who is looking, if maybe it's you, um, but looking to get a little bit of airtime with some song or some spoken word, whatever it might be, um, please shoot me a line, um, but we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to come back with um, the with the lie that uh, Tyler's going to share with us, and then we'll go into our speed round. Um, so hang tight, and we'll be right back. <music> Hey, everybody, welcome back. So uh, we have been talking about two truths and a lie when it comes to facing our fears of finance. And Tyler and I were just talking here in the break and we were we were like, okay, do we feel like we're moving in the right direction? Do we want to talk about some concrete things um, to get more into the science and the nuance of it? Um, and my, my thoughts on that is that I would love to do a part two, um, which Tyler was... <laughs> He said, well, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> where if it's helpful to you, listener, and this is really where we need your feedback is like, yes, let's talk about budgeting. Because honestly, there's some really great resources out there. And if you feel like we're your conduit to those resources, sweet, we'll help you out with that. Um, but also, our, my, my mojo is talking about who we are. And how we feel about ourselves and how can we overcome our fears and so that that can feel a little bit softer or it can feel like "Slide, just tell me how to get my life together <laughs> and um so i would say <laughs> sorry, i'm laughing as about to say take a deep breath which i just told tyler that if somebody were to tell me in an anxious state take a deep breath i might freak out um i'll take my own deep breath dang it um anyways but take a moment and step back and and let's thoughtfully proceed. Okay, so let's get into it. Here we go. What is the lie, Tyler, when it comes to two truths and the lies of facing, facing our fears of finance? What's the lie?
1: Okay, so, so this is one I, I thought a lot about. And I think there's, a frankly, there's a lot out there. If anybody looks up things about finances, they'll get advice and thoughts from a wide range of people, a lot of people that don't know anything about what they're talking about. A lot of people that do, and, and it's tough to sift through that. One thing that you'll hear prominently, and I've, I've actually had a hard time with it, and I'll try to explain why, um, is that money can't buy you happiness. I think that's a lie. <laughs> Here's why though. And, and when I, it's easy for us to hear the phrase money can't buy you happiness. And when I say that's a lie, I'm suggesting, well, no, if you have all the money in the world, then, that, then you're going to be the happiest person in the world. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, we just got finished talking about how there's research out there that talks about when you reach a certain threshold, then the incremental dollar is not going to provide you with any more happiness. Um, but we're in a world where at some point money is necessary. You just have to have it. It's not a great thing to be focused on all the time and and you love to live your life not in constant pursuit of more money. But it's important to understand and realize that it is necessary. And to me, the reason that money, in a sense, can buy you happiness is that money is freedom. Um, money is freedom if used appropriately from debt. It's freedom that can open doors to progress, to knowledge, to safety security health Um, it's a gateway again if used appropriately and you know only with a certain amount but it's a gateway to freedom to living a less burdensome life now we all have challenges I think we're always going to have challenges and issues and burdens I'm not talking about those but what I'm talking about is the perpetual rain cloud on our already challenging lives that come from things like debt, that come from things like a lack of education or living in an unsafe um, environment. And for me, understanding money, using it responsibly, saving it appropriately, preparing for anything, like we talked about earlier, um, developing that relationship, those to me um, allow me to have freedom. And when I know how much money I need, or for the listeners, you know how much money you need to feel free to live your life in a way that makes you happy, happy um, that's freedom. And when money can buy you freedom, money can buy you happiness. And so that's my lie, is that when people say money can't buy you happiness, I think if you can recognize that money is a gateway to freedom and to lifting burdens from your life such that you can't enjoy the happiness that life is there to offer you, then in that sense, money can, in fact, buy you happiness.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. It does. I love this. Um, so, um, I've mentioned this to, um, to the listeners before. So one of my favorite, um, skills trainer, um, uh, mental health professional is Marsha Linehan. Um, and she has this focus on, um, we call it, it's called the dialectic, which is the both and, um, that both things can be true at the same time. And there's, we see this in, right. We see this everywhere, right. The, the proverbial gray that we all live with, right? Um, that you just, it's hard to name one thing as this or that. And, you know, especially when it comes to human human experience. And so, right, we, we've just talked about these really reasonable and concrete practices of overcoming our fears of, and kind of getting away from like, oh, money as my savior or money as my happiness. But money is both and, right? Money is Money is an oppressor, and money can be, and money also creates um, what I wrote down is autonomy, right? We, anybody who has experienced any form of financial struggle, um, right, you know that, and, and even for those who are listening who are like, well, I've never experienced financial struggle, but I know in the sense that, like, it's been hard to pay for things, Um But you know that like, you know, the other side of it, right? The other side of that spectrum of where um, you can, you recognize how money has allowed you to do X, Y, Z, right? That you've been able to be free of debt. You've been able to um, pay for medical uh, procedures or healthcare or things like that. And that you feel my, I guess my encouragement to you is to feel acutely the freedom and autonomy that comes from that. Um, and to use the work of Brene Brown around and many others but I'll highlight her because people are gonna be like "Slate, you talk about her every episode Um, but just highlight the work in around gratitude and what happens when we're when we're grateful Um, and you had said something you said so do we know how much we need how like financially do we know how much we need to feel free and this thought was like, you'll never know. It's like, this is the beauty of the both end. You'll never know how much you need to feel free unless you have a positive relationship with money because take it from somebody who most recently was very afraid of money. And I didn't really have a reasonable idea of how much I needed because I was so afraid of it. Right. It was like, well, cause then you, I don't listener, well, I, listeners, you tell me what you think. I, I would throw out these massive numbers, right? Like well, if I just had like $80,000 a year or $100,000 a year, or, you know, or even like, you know, $500,000 a year, then of course my life would be, you know, easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, now granted, I'll say $80,000 a year, $80,000 a year isn't a wholly unreasonable number. Um, you know, those other big ones are like going from zero to 60 without a car. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, run. We'll see how fast you go. <laughs> Um, and so without that relationship, we'll, will never, will never have a true sense. And then I think it will always feel like failing, right? If I don't know who I am before I attempt this, you know, to go into, to go into get those things that I need because of money, right? I just, I think that we'll always feel a loss. You know, Tyler, like you said at the very beginning, right? You had made this budget, right? I'll never make it there. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. had to develop a new, you had to develop a new mindset, a new idea of what it meant
1: to have a relationship with money. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been somewhat careful as I've talked to avoid actual numbers or putting a number on, on anything. And just because I think like you were just saying, you can quickly set yourself up for failure, when you either assign a number to something or use a comparative scale to somebody else. Um, You know, when, when we first started and and just talking about facing and and overcoming, I've gotten on the internet and like many people read so many articles from somebody who gives a testimonial, how I overcame anxiety. And, you know, to me, that article immediately sets me as the reader up for failure because This is one picture of one individual who, from their perspective, had some experience that is done and over in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's much more difficult to find the many hundreds or thousands of articles that just had, were never written about people who didn't "quote unquote" overcome <laughs> that situation. And so, and and to me, like overcoming again is is a process and facing is a process. We're so individual and we have such different lives that we we have to avoid um, assigning numbers or taking what society gives us and assigning a standard that unless we achieve that, we fail. Because more often than not, we're ready and set up to fail and not reach that. And um, so, yeah, just like you were saying it, I think everybody individually has to figure out and answer these questions for themselves. Some people, it may be huge numbers and some people it may not be and you can reach the same level of happiness and satisfaction um, and, and joy, and peace, like we're talking about peace around money, um, if you can answer those questions for you as the individual.
0: I, you remind me of um, something I wrote in a poem that I actually shared here on the podcast um, in my meditation for closure, where I said, you know, like we as people, you know, especially in a, in a culture that loves closure, <laughs> right, like the end, happily ever after and we talked about this actually in my it's so interesting that this theme comes up again as we're talking about fear is that so what I wrote in this poem was that my mountain is not a mountain it's mountains Mm. right that um listener for our listeners out there right you are saying like I hope that as you are following along in this in this season and we'll only time will tell as we keep talking about it right that this is That it's so, um, it's so expansive and ever right. Where it's, it's ever going. That we, that we start using tools, so that we can go and we can fight and we can fail, so that then we have winning moments. But not that we are, like looking for the finish line, right? Because there's, there's just not one. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, so much to think about. You also have me thinking about this other song that I love about gratitude, but for the sake of time and me not spouting off all of my favorite poem and song lyrics. All right, let's get into the speed round. If this was like a really cool radio show, I'd have like, boom, you know, it'd be pretty awesome, but okay. So Tyler, these are just your brief thoughts on uh, the questions that um, we had talked about previously. So um, just real, like, think like like a minute ish, right? 30 seconds. Just right. For the questions. Okay. So first, what is the first thing? So we're thinking about, like, we're the listener or whatever. What's the first thing I can do to overcome a fear of money? Like, what's the okay. very, what's the first thing?
1: Okay. This, this, we've already talked about it, getting to know it, uh, getting to know your money, getting to know your finances, establishing a relationship. For me, simplest thing you can do is build a budget. Uh, there's templates online. You can build your own in Excel. You can write it down on paper. There's a thousand methods. But just start to see and understand where your money's going, where it's coming from, how often it's coming to you, where it's going, and how often it's going away from you. And it can be really simple, it can be really complex, but just make it easy to start and start to get a sense of, of what's happening with it. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who would say, yeah, I, I have a general idea about how much I spend every month. And it's amazing <laughs> that I've yet to meet somebody when they write it down who had any idea about how much they spent every month. And so that's, what's the first thing you do? Get to know your money, a simple budget, track it for a few months and see, see where you are.
0: I love it. I love it. Get to know it. I think that even if you have to be silly about it, right? And just have, a, I know for me, like, like true moment here, I'd probably be like, okay, money. Like I'd talk to it. I'd be like, okay, money. <laughs> here it is, you and me. Okay. What do you do? when you see some, uh, something that you want, but you know the budget doesn't support it? Talking about, right, those resources. What do you do when you see something, you're like, oh man, I want that, but you know the budget doesn't support it?
1: So this one is, is really hard for me. And it's really hard because the things that I have the hardest time avoiding are the things that disappear quickly. So those would be crumb donuts. <laughs> those would be uh, Dr. Pepper Those would be, you know, little things that like, oh, I could use that right now. It's not in the budget. I'll splurge and then it's gone. I mean, (laughs) I didn't get any really real value of it. Um, One of the things that I try to think of when I see something that's in the budget or that I would like to buy, it's not supported by the budget is try to have the perspective of maybe it's not in the budget now, but it doesn't mean it's not in the budget later. And that later could be tomorrow. That later could be next month. That later could be in, in five years. But it's easy to cause ourselves a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress by holding ourselves to such tight rules and standards that we could look at something we may really want, it's not in the budget, and we'll never consider it again. And, and that, that's just unnecessary. I think there's a lot of room for us to say, okay, I can be disciplined now with the understanding that if I'm smart and work towards this, and it truly is something I actually want, that I'll make a way to get there later. So eliminating the uh, finality of, uh, of non-budget items is something I try to do.
0: I love that. I feel like that helps us face scarcity, right? When we see something, you just said it, where, oh, well, I'll never be able to have that thing, right? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a scarcity mindset, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, well, I'll, there's never enough. There'll, there'll never be enough for that. Well, yeah. okay, it's not in the budget now, but it, it could be.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: last question. And maybe we've already talked about it. Cause we've like, right. We've talked about all the things, um, as much as you feel is appropriate. I question whether or not I should include this. So I was like, here we go. Let's go for it. What fear are you tackling right now?
1: Um, we've talked about a lot of fears, but this one was so easy for me to answer when you posed the question for me, it is comparison and a fear of falling short mm. with my money and comparison is the key. Um, we at my household watch a variety of Netflix programs in this uh, pandemic induced environment and um, so we've we've caught a few of the you know home design or organization shows or home improvement or we get lost on the architectural design channel on YouTube or whatever and you see these extravagant homes and these people that are you know putting together these great, the places where, where they live or, or whatever it is. And it is so easy for me, like it is with so many things in my life to sit back and feel really bad about myself and think, boy, I really try to work hard. And I try to be smart with my money and I'm nowhere close to this. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it, that puts me in a place where I feel less than, than what I am, or I feel like a failure. And so for me right now, it's comparison. And it's trying to maintain the fact and understanding that I'm an individual and that I can find satisfaction and gratitude out of all the things that I've done, and all the things I've accomplished, and all the things, frankly, I've, I've been blessed with. Um, and I haven't solved that one yet. Uh, some shows still come on and my anxiety ramps up and I say something I shouldn't and uh, all those sorts of things. But um, but I'm that's what I'm working on, is trying to Forget about the comparison a little bit and and find some satisfaction and gratitude in, in what I have accomplished and and can do in my own life.
0: Yeah. Tyler, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your fear. You know, I think that we have this tendency to think that, you know, oh man, these people are like, they've got a podcast and they're talking about it and like, like pretending like they're not living real lives. It's like, no. <laughs> we really are living real life or pretending they they are really living real lives. No, we are, you know, and, you know, we're just, we're just normal people. And, you know, and I, I'm extremely grateful that um, that this opportunity has, you know, has uh, appeared or I can't remember, I can't think of what I was going to say, but, um, and that we get to talk about this. And so thank you for sharing your fear for all of our listeners out there where where are you at and what are you experiencing we're actually tyler we're gonna in uh in a few episodes we're actually going to talk about comparison and we're going to talk about that so i want to
1: like tune in in. i'll share
0: i'll share the episode with you please do
1: (laughs) please do it's a huge problem for me so i'd love to listen
0: Listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. As we walked through this menagerie of personal development and understanding ourselves in relation to our finances, I hope that from here you'll go and you'll spend some time really facing your fear of personal finance, knowing that it's building a relationship like with other people or if we have um, other fears around food or anything like that. Um, that you can do this, that you have the ability and the capacity to do it. Next, In the next episode, I'm going to be sitting down with my friend Kyle Coons. He's the president of a social media company called XX Artists, and he's going to tell his story about facing his own fear of making his passions a reality, something that my students and other people that I've surveyed have asked about. So, I'm excited to be with you then, uh, and until that time, I hope that you'll drop me a line, share with your share your fears with me, um, and help me to understand better uh, things that I can talk about on the podcast. For Tyler Coles, I'm Slate Thackeray, and this is Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast.